We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. It's a little bit after 9 o'clock on Sunday night for those of you listening. Uh, the Mavericks just beat the Thunder, uh, beat them by 19 points. was kind of a blue game. Um, Moses Brown and Josh Green were probably the, the reason the game wasn't much closer. Uh, Moses gave a whole bunch of much-needed energy. The rest of the Mavericks um, didn't really play great games, and, but it didn't matter because the Thunder are really, really bad. Uh, Dallas played pretty good defense. Um, you know, that Shea Gillis Alexander didn't light them up, seems of note and is pretty important. Um, you know, in, in the recap, our guy Matthew Phillips wrote that this wasn't the get-right game that, that we could have hoped for from a number of Mavs, and that's true. But at the same time, I think you know, he, he's – at least they won. Um, walking away with a win matters. Um, let's fly through this tonight because I don't really have a whole bunch going, uh, and I don't really know if there's that much to talk about tonight. But if you want to hop up on stage here and bring me some of your thoughts, let's uh, let's fire away. Uh, coming up first, Mr. Tanksley, how you doing tonight? Welcome back. Hello, how y'all doing? Not bad. Uh, good evening to y'all. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, it wasn't much to take from the game. Um, Moses Brown and Josh Green. I mean, they they show what they can do. I mean, against a Thunder team, but you know, it's a it's whatever. Um, what I really wanted to talk about is the um, is I just wanted to question like the the lack of attention and uh, the lack of attention to the draft and development that the Mavs have like it yeah we hit on uh we hit on 2018 and and Dirk's draft but it's it's like 
it, in between it, it's, it's like we just been flopping. And even then, when we when we get players, it's just like their development, the way they develop is just not. It, it seems to be not ideal because they they just tend to sit players and and not give them game time. You know, you really can't play, um, develop up to your potential unless you get some playing time. I shows me. I, I thought I just started talking and then realized I didn't hit the unmute button. Um, it's it's been kind of this one of the bigger frustrations for me during my entire fan base uh, time. Now I remember where I was when they drafted Josh Green or not Howard. Like that was a real fun night. You know the Mavericks. It, it's 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 strange because there's always this emphasis on doing things now, 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 and you know, when they got Luca, and then Luca was in such good shape in his second year, you could tell that they thought they were a different team than they ended up being. They needed a little more depth, a little more talent, a little more maturity. And by not developing or not, you know, bringing this along a little slower, they're sort of they're sort of in, in a really bad spot. I mean, there's been a couple of podcasts which have touched on this recently. Josh, Josh Bowe and I have talked about it for going on like two years now, like, Botching the 2020 draft is going to be one of those things that hopefully we don't look back and go, oh, this was where things started to break apart. Um, they've done a pretty good job developing with specific guys because when you look at Dwight, Dorian, Maxi, and you say, okay, these are guys that were different players than when they entered the league, particularly Dorian, uh, if, if we're looking at a long-term winner. It's just – Developing guys takes years and you have to be able to, to do it. And like the difference between Dorian and Josh Green, which I think a lot of people don't seem to understand is that Dorian got plenty of chances to fail. Dorian was terrible. Dorian, yeah. like, like, I mean, that man shot forever. Like he, he shot 30% for like three years before all of a sudden he's hitting 38, 36. And it's just, you know, most teams are just not going to get the legs to do that. It's very, it's thanks. And the Mavericks just haven't committed to it. And it's, it's, I hope it doesn't bite them, but you know, the teams that don't draw superstars, i.e. your coastal teams, have to develop, have to get lucky with the draft and, and trades. And the Mavericks are, I don't know, they, you know, they've been born on third base thinking they hit a triple twice, first with, with Dirk and then with, with Luca. And it's, it's you know, it's one of those things that, that freaks me out in the back of my head. But, you know, we can't, you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's um well, you know. It, it, besides those guys, Dorian, Maxie, and, and Dwight, you know those those guys. I uh, feel like they had they had a little bit of time to develop because they um because we were in those uh, years exactly. of tanking and yeah. So it's like um I can see them developing, but it's like. Even so, getting no playing time is kind of like it's game time is is so different from just doing it in practice. You know, what's what's the point of doing these moves in practice if you're not going to implement in in a game? You know, yeah. And though you know, I, I Josh and I just talked about this on the show we recorded. It'll be up overnight. Um, actually, it should be up in like five minutes. But it's it's a little difficult to to know what I think is that guys like Josh and and 
uh, Moses have shown is that they at least deserve a spot chance to do something in a game. I don't care if it's three minutes and then five minutes and take them out. And if they make a mistake and that's it for them and, and you don't want to play them, take them out. Fine. But they play, they each bring kind of a, a, a frenetic energy that the Mavericks need because when they play with Luca, and I mean this lovingly, but there's just a little bit of the pace is different and everybody's kind of waiting on what to do. And Moses just runs around real hard. You know, Josh Green does the same thing. Sometimes it's kind of like, oh my God, how did this happen? Um, but it's, it's, I would like to see them get a little bit of a chance now and then it doesn't have to be every game, but you know, it, it, it gives teams a little bit something different because without those two tonight, this game would have been close and we might. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I just, you can't find a substitute for game time. You, I mean, we've seen that, we've seen that from, uh, Luca and JB, they, you know, they, the more playing time they got, the more comfortable they started to feel in the NBA. Well, Luca was a pro before, but, you know, in the NBA game time, the more they played, the more they got comfortable and started seeing the floor different. That's what I want from, uh, our players if we're not going to trade them, you know, and we, right now we can't trade them. So you might as well get them try to get the most out of. Yep. Yep. Hope I hope they each get a little more of an opportunity moving forward because you know, it's you go look at the box score and the the regular rotation guys didn't really do much to uh show why they should be playing over them, you know? Yeah. Well, that's uh that's all I wanted to talk about. Thanks so much. Of- talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Jared, it's been a while, Jared. How you doing? Hit that mute button down the bottom. There we go. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I don't think you can take much out of the game, really. Okay, see, probably worst or second-worst team in the league at the moment. Um, like Houston's probably kind of gone above them now. And maybe, well, they, have a, they had a win streak. We don't know what those are. Yeah, well, that's just the, that's probably because Jalen Green got injured, so he wasn't joking up. <laughs> But, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, they've got the win. That's the main thing. That's what they need at the moment. But um, they're playing Charlotte tomorrow. I think they're getting Rogier back, but they're still going to be might be missing Ball and a couple other guys. So um, see how they go without Luca against them. They're a bit more a bit more of an NBA team, I guess. <laughs> than well, they, they also just have a ton of athleticism. And whether Luca was playing or not, I think it'd be kind of a stark contrast because the Mavericks don't really have any, you know, since Dwight Powell got hurt and he used to be like a really top tier leaper, the Mavericks don't really have anybody like that anymore. Um, I keep getting told that Josh Green's this exceptional athlete and he's fine. He's a different kind of athlete. I think is like, they don't have like vertical threats. The Mavericks don't. And, and the, the Charlotte team definitely does. Yeah, I mean, now Green's more of a um, I think is a is a good in terms of vertical, but he's not great. It's not like a he's an NBA right. level, but he's not that sort of you know one percent of the one percent like right. Brandon Wright or you know somebody like that. And even if even if he's only six foot six, so you're not throwing too many alley oops to him really. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I keep going back to the off season 
and re-signing Hardaway and just it's just looking terrible to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I know they they would have had to do some juggling um, to free up cap space, but they just seemed obsessed with keeping Hardaway and keeping their TPE um, and worrying about the MLE when they used it for Bullock um, anyway, who's just like an average NBA player, really. Yeah. Um, when they could have, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm pretty sure I remember rightly, they, they basically could have just signed Holmes, assuming you wanted to come here, because the Kings couldn't match. The Kings could only go up to a certain amount of money because um, of the the, the um, restrictions on his deal. So they could have just um, offered him like 15 or, you know, 18 million even, really, to be their starting mm-hmm. centre. Because the, the, they seem obsessed with, with starting KP at the at power forward. But they, don't, they can't seem to get out of that. That seems to be their entire plan for the last three years, and yet they haven't improved their centre rotation at all. Nope, same guys. Like, how, how can you – like, they've obviously had that, had that in their head. They don't want to play KP at centre. They're worried about guys like Adams or um, – you know, I just think the, it's like the physical toll overall as as exacted by the position. But we all yeah. know the real way they win is by him playing center. So yeah. it's like trying to steal minutes. And by getting cute like that, I think it's it's sort of setting themselves up to, to, to yeah. lose in particular yeah. ways. It basically screws the rest of the rotation because you're playing Dwight Powell, who's, who's fine if he's your backup second or third big off the bench, five, ten minutes energy kind of guy comes in, does some crazy shit and hopefully it works out for you. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're starting him, the other team goes into the game and all the, all the NBA teams, no matter what you think of them, they've got great coaching. Um, and they just look at, look at some of the Mavs guys and they go, well, so we don't have to, we don't have to guard power. We don't have to guard Vinny Smith, basically. Um, Reggie Bullock's not shooting anything at all. So we don't have to guard him that much. So then you got Luca and KP, and they've got like basically four or five guys essentially guarding them. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the the front office. It's. I know Nico's only been there a little bit, but he's got the next three weeks to to give me some kind of confidence. I think to um, do something. Yeah. I'm not sure what they do or what they can do. We've we've talked a little bit about this in the show, but it's it's mainly they're going to be likely exchanging one not particularly well performing player for another not particularly well performing player. Like it's changing out back end yeah. pieces. But so. as long as the if they bring somebody in who's got a bit more sort of veteran leaderships or um, just a bit more respect from the, the rest of the players, so that they can come in and bump some heads together and. Even even with Luca, like they they just seem to be waiting for Dragic to get bought out, but which is fine to a degree. But let's say he gets bought out, and then Dallas is fifteen and twenty. Right? Is he going to want to come here? Is that yeah. how he's going to want to spend? Yeah, I what agree with that entirely. So okay, well you know we'll give you the the minimum. You come here when it's when it's a chip, and then you can go somewhere else in the off season. So. Mm-mm. You can't just rely on Dragic turning up to provide some kind of leadership and to get Luca's butt into shape in yep. various areas. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see what happens the next few weeks, I think, and then go from there. Um, but, yeah, I'm not all that confident, to be honest with you. Well, I, neither am I at the moment. Just kind of going to grind it out and hope they win something. Well, 
least we started off everybody's week uh, with a win. Um, hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday because it is Monday, right? Yeah, Where yeah. You are. Two o'clock in the afternoon here. Yeah, my wife had a call with her company in Australia earlier today. I was like, "Why are you calling us Sunday?" She's like, "It's not Australia. It's not. It's not Sunday there, moron." It's like, "Oh yeah, I knew that." So, all right, talk to you soon. Thanks for coming up. Okay, Mr. Dang, how you doing tonight? Welcome back. Hit that unmute button. There we go. Hey, Kirk. This is Doe. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? Hey, sorry. It, it, for some reason, I tried to get on yesterday and I couldn't, but I'm ready to blow this motherfucker up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Team Tank. Tank, Tank, Tank. Get the best lotto pick we can and see where it goes. Develop the young guys. You know, this is ridiculous. We're gonna what young game. guys? Who are these young players you're speaking well, of? Moses Brown and Josh Green. Because I want to tank on purpose. If we're going to tank, at least show me somebody else. Sure. This is just freaking ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, I think we both know they won't do that. But but here's what's, here's what's going to sort of happen organically. So they're sitting Luca tomorrow, and I think if they win tomorrow, I'll be surprised. I'll be pleased, but I'll be surprised. They play the Lakers on Wednesday. Luca will want to play that game. Luca probably shouldn't play that game. Luca should probably sit until Christmas. He should probably take two weeks off. A high, like, like, I mean, he basically has a high ankle sprain, and he keeps, you know, and it's, it's with his plant foot that he does everything with his left, his left foot, and so it's not. This just isn't going to get better on two days rest. He needs to actually sit. And so either they're going to struggle and play kind of like 500 ball with him, or we're going to find out what some of these guys are without him. And, I mean, we already know the answer to that. So some of this, what you're asking for, may happen in the most organic sense possible. True, but you know what? He's still going to have these ankle problems until he completely rehabs it and he drops the weight. Sure. Builds that Sure. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, I mean, what if he tears something or ruptures an Achilles? You know, right? It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you're going to load manage anybody, load him. You know, send him to the fat farm with Zion. Man, did you see that today? Like, or was it today? I blur my weekends up. Zion is out kind of indefinitely because his foot's not healing as fast. And it's like, I wonder why his foot is not healing as fast. Is it because he weighs 330 pounds? Ugh, it's difficult. Well, it, Luca's in the catch-22 thing because it's like he probably needs to play in order to get in better shape or in order to keep getting in better shape. And then he probably, you know, it's just a different kind of stuff. Like he can swim and he can bike and do all that stuff. But it's like the plant stuff. He needs to be able to run and they probably don't want him to like, it's they're in, they're in a difficult spot right now. This is kind of, it's not like a pro like it's, you know, in my like range of outcomes, this is definitely kind of in, in, in heading towards the worst ones for this season. Yeah. And also people talking about a transition game. You can't have a transition game if you can't defensively rebound and you don't have the horses to, to run the transition game to get out on the break. Yeah. You don't have so many guys that could take off on the wings that can keep up. And then Luke is too fat, really. Well, he likes passing ahead, but it's like you're either passing ahead to Hardaway, who is just in Whoa. mud, and then you're passing to Dorian, who 
I'm not a fan of Dorian dribbling. Amen. <laughs> I kind of like KP in the open court, and Lucas found him sometimes, but it's not enough. Like, they need to run more. I did like – like, I like – like, Josh Green, I don't really know what he does in a basketball floor, but, like, he gets the ball, and it feels very Tasmanian devil. And, like, that's at least different. Oh, yeah. It's the energy level with him and Moses Brown. That's why I want to see those guys, you know, take off. Both of those guys can defend fairly well, and they can rebound. Yeah. You won't have an opportunity to run unless you could rebound the ball. Well, I hope so. I, I mentioned this a second ago, but I hope I hope they each get at least a little more opportunity in games to try to be spark plugs because the Mavericks need it. Because they just every game looks like they're playing after uh, you know after they've eaten a Thanksgiving Day meal. Like there's just not a lot of energy. No, nope, not at all. You know, in their transition offense and in the transition defense, I'm like, how are these guys get, beating you back to to running back on the ball after you make a basket? Sure. You know, just simple stuff. And when is KP ever going to learn how to get low enough in the block to post up? Why are you starting your post up, you know, 15 feet away from the basket? Start you know, he does. Within the lane, and then they'll push you out to the edge of the block. It's idiotic. This is some nerdy shit, but I wonder, you know, when we talk about how his post-ups are better this year, and they really are, I wonder how much of that like data is when he's catching the ball kind of off of a slow cut where he's posting up in the middle of the lane. These ones where he like tries to back down are a little uglier. Like the answer to your question is he will never learn to get low because he is seven, three with high hips, no matter how, like he's just too big for some of that stuff. Like everybody like Yao Ming was kind of a different beast. Cause Yao Ming was like 280 pounds. Like that guy was enormous. And Porzingis is, you know, 245 maybe, and he just gets shoved around. He just does it, even with his increased balance. It's just never going to be his deal because all these guys do is pull the chair. He's not like dark where he can fade away. Like there's, it's it's difficult for him. I like, I really like Porzingis on the move. Like where they get him going and finding him at the basket. It's just how many times we watch in this game where guys are cutting at the wrong times or at weird times when someone's driving. Like, they're they're still learning whatever this drudge of an offense is, and maybe they'll figure it out eventually because when, when it works, it seems to be very, very pretty because Luca finds cutters, Brunson can too. But then there are just nights like tonight where the post-ups where it's like a lot of weird stuff. I mean, they they won because the, the, the Thunder were much worse. That was kind of, you know, that's, that, that's the way that game went. <laughs> well, if they want to see people who move the ball great, who are former Dallas Mavericks, they need to watch two guys. One is Sean Marion, and the other is Cedric Spallows. Mm. Two were the best off-the-ball cutters. They didn't have to have any offense run for them, but they still got 10 to 12 points every game consistently, shooting a high percentage, defending, and getting rebounds. That's the game that they need to model themselves after. Yep. Yep. Well, Doe, thanks for hanging out. Sorry you couldn't join the two-hour slog fest the other evening, but really, I'm not sure if you missed much. I can't even remember what we talked about for two hours. <laughs> I still listen to your broadcast after you record it and stuff. I'm a glutton for punishment. Just like the rest of us. Thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you come back tomorrow night because we'll be doing the same thing. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Later. All right. A couple more folks. Sam, what's up tonight? Hey, you gotcha. All right, cool. So you made a point the other night about Rick Carlisle, how, you know, everybody was tired of him and, you know, 
as like he had to go, which I agreed with. But at the same time, you know, they were still winning for the most part. So like the thing that I don't like about this team is that you remember that stretch when Luka got hurt a couple years ago, and then they had that five game stretch. They were probably the best teams in the East, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew their role. Everybody was in the right position to to to, to, uh, to succeed. Excuse me. And we went. I think we went three and two. And all the games were competitive. And with this coaching staff, they're not putting their players in the best position to succeed. That's that's just my opinion at this point. They're putting them in positions to where they're gonna fail. The thing, you know, the thing we can always say about Rick, he was an asshole, this, that, or whatever. He never put his team in a position to fail. He always tried to find a way to maximize their greatest strengths, to make it work within the offense to help the team win. Well, that's what we're all about when at Cuban about the other night and what Cuban Cuban got so pissy about where he's just like, these guys are, you know, we're all about basically so these guys are all shooting worse in no small part because they're asked to being, they're asked to do a bunch of stuff that they're not good at, which makes the things that they are good at more difficult because they're just put in, in too many complex roles. I don't know if I agree, but I at least understand the premise and I can sort of see it where I just like, I don't want to see Dorian bring the ball up. I'm, you know, like I'm fine with a lot of the off ball movement, but it's just, this is where, you know, there've been games in the last 10 or 12 where it's been very evident. They need a big that can work. And then there have been games the last 10 or 12 where it's so obvious. They don't have anybody other than Brunson and Luca that can effectively dribble. And you hear harp on the, on the contest being like, ah, you know, Trey Burke, he's just a real nice scorer. I don't know how he's been able to stick with any team. Well, it's primarily because he can't play defense. And number two, because he's not really a point guard. He's a six foot one scoring guard. And, you know, there's, like, those are dime a dozen in the NBA. It's in G League and such. It's just not hard to find. But, like, finding ball handlers that can distribute willingly, there's just, you know, there are not that many of them. I mean, the Mavericks need to go find someone. Like, Tomas Sadoransky is is just dying on the Pelicans. And he is, is you know, if they're not going to get Drogic, they need to find somebody in that ilk that, that can do multiple things. And and it's you know the NBA is a, a league of specialization. Once you get to a certain point, but these guys that can do dribble, pass, and shoot, there's just not as many of them as you think when you really get down to like who might possibly be available. And the Mavericks didn't, you know, Bullock. If you look at I don't know his his, his total unassisted shots. Like when I looked two weeks ago, he had had two unassisted baskets the whole season. It's like that's that is who he is. But it's like so stop putting him in a position to dribble, pass, and shoot like. Like, let him shoot. Like, why is Reggie Bullock not shooting from the corner more? Granted, I know he missed two tonight, but I don't know. It's just, this team is just, it's, it's, basketball's a game of margins once you get to this level, and all the Mavericks' margins are worse this year. And it's for a variety of reasons. Yeah, and it's just the fact that, like you said, it, it, it's just hard to watch this team. They're not fun. Like, and They're we, not fun. Yeah, it's like every night, just tonight, it's like, you have one of the worst teams in the league, and I feel like it's just a struggle just to get through the game. Yeah. And that's just, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's not no, good. it's not. It's not. The starter, like the regular rotation players all played bad, and they still won, so at least there was that. Because if they would have lost the Thunder, this would have been another two-hour what-the-fuck-is-going-on-fest, and I'm not – I want to go watch Succession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. I'm, I'm actually trying to just uh, – Lay down and watch a show. Oh, I'm actually watching a football game. But I'm gonna watch that and then go to sleep. But you know, I guess tomorrow's new opportunity. Maybe we'll actually beat a decent team in the Hornets. But I don't really have that much faith to be honest. So <laughs> that's just where that's where I'm at with this team. I I feel that, Sam. Thanks for hanging out. No problem. Have a good night.
tonight. Last but not least, Stephen, who has to wake up and go teach the youth of America tomorrow. Hey, my man. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the shout out. Um, so I have a legitimate question. Is there any reason why JC Kidd shouldn't uh, shouldn't give it a chance and let actually Josh Green start over Reggie Bullock? Because the one thing that I keep on noticing is like Bullock's actually becoming more and more of a recluse on offense. Surprisingly, like tonight, he pretty much had almost the exact similar box score uh, stat wise as Josh Green. And I mean, like and Josh Green has a quicker first step when it comes to defense. And he's actually in his short burst that he's had. He's actually shown some flashes like he did hold his own against the Nets, especially when he got like switched on the KD. I mean, when you're going up against Lily, one of the greatest scorers ever, I think he did all right. And he did have that uh, steal where he tried to go for that tomahawk dunk. Uh, so he knows how to run downhill really well with handling the ball. I'm just wondering, like, looking at their schedule, they have a pretty nice window of, like, where they can at least test it out with the Hornets tomorrow. Maybe not the Lakers, but then they have two more two back-to-back games against the – well, they're not back-to-backs, but – they play the Wolves back, uh, you know, one The Wolves there, are going to eat there. us alive, Stephen. I have bad news. The Wolves are going to destroy us is my early season take. But Ooh, to, interesting. Well, there's tough. Like, they're, 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 you know, like, Cat sometimes looks like he's, you know, I don't, I don't want to make Well, I know he's been super frustrated. So, yeah, he, I could see him going, like, getting major buckets against us. It just punching back. So I don't know what what do you think? I'm just like if because I know I remember like during one of your last green rooms you talked about how like Rick Carlo was very tactical and like knowing how to get his players in their hot zones and Jason Kidd clearly doesn't know how to do that with Reggie Bullock of knowing like where is he most efficient from shooting from the floor? Sure. I don't know. Would you give it a shot of like hey you know you know uh, we're tired of the same old same old and we're stuck in a rut why not just let Josh Green, uh, you know, in those games where we can afford to let him play, given those minutes in the starting uh, rotation? I don't know about starting because I don't know if I can try. I, I, there's like a catch 22 here. Like I want to see him play with better players, but I also don't think he's good enough to warrant playing with better players. Like it, it goes both ways because like, you make the valid point of like, we never really know what we have until we see him try. But him playing with, Brunson or Burke is not going to do it. Uh, he has earned the chance at more minutes because mainly, and I really think it's through attrition where everyone else has not done enough to justify their minutes. Who does what, where, and when? I have no idea. I just don't because I think kid is so kind of mar- like a slave to these certain rotations where it, like it took him like 14 games to like try somebody different other than Powell. Like that, and this is a much harder deal because. You know, you you don't want to do anything negative to Burke. You want him to keep fine. Like like cause the hope is he has to find his confidence. Like it's I think he's a good enough shooter over time to where he'll be okay. Like Richardson last year was not a good shooter. Like he was a good shooter for half of the season in Miami and was just never a good shooter again. Um, the difference is, is that he was more of a ball handler and the Mavericks didn't really use him in that fashion. Um, and he got in his own head and just kind of continually played worse. But I'm, I'm not sure. I wouldn't hate to see him get more minutes at the least because I mainly think you, you, you can't trade a guy unless people know if he's any good. Like, he, he, he's been in the league a year and a half now. Like, he's got to show something. 
No, I, th- I think that's totally fair, and I think that's a very valued, uh, valid argument. I was just asking. Sure. I was just like, uh, so, yeah, I, I totally get that. And especially with, like, another thing is I don't uh, – especially when they're quarter into the season, I mean, who knows? Chemistry does take time to build up. So it's like even if you do put him in the lineup, then it's just like I don't know how much time him and Jalen have played, but also just, like, how he would work out with, like – knowing when to cut to the basket, when KP needs to cut to the basket. Cause, uh, he did show a little bit of flash where it's like he did, had a nice uh, way of slicing himself uh, past, uh, I think it was Kenrich Williams, and uh, KP dun- uh, dipped that pass to him to the basket. So. Kenrich, yeah. Kenrich Williams is, um, I hope I'm not misspeaking, but I feel as if Kenrich Williams is one of Lauren Gunn's, like the Mavericks need to go get him guys um, somehow. Same. Okay. No, yeah. There's I, a number I, of people where I I've not watched him enough to know, but I love when people are like, we need to go get that random ass player. Big fan of that stuff. No, yeah, as a TCU alum, it was uh it pained me. It was like we couldn't get Desmond Bain, so let's get a let's get the other frog. <laughs> so he was a double double. Was he a frog too? He was, yeah. They him and Desmond Bain played together for like uh, I wanna say two or three seasons. I can't I honestly can't remember. Yeah. It cannot be understated how much Donnie Nelson was a man about town doing every other fucking thing under the sun other than going to local college basketball games. Mm-hmm. Like I, Brad, I Townsend, Brad Townsend announced that he was part of some ownership group for some like random sports team in Houston. I'm like, this 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 guy had his fingers in everything but basketball. It was remarkable. I think Ugh. it was actually during like uh, Kendrick Williams' freshman or sophomore season but they played against Washington when Markel Fultz, Fultz was like that marquee ta- a prospect, and there's like so many prospects there, and I he held himself himself up that well, but yeah, I don't know, it's just like another diamond rough that went undrafted, but yeah. We well, thanks so much for joining. Hope your thanks. week gets off. Uh, how many how many days you got to work this week? You got to get all the way to Friday. Uh, Friday is half day. Well, it, so it's like a C day thing where students have to sure. go eight of their classes. But yeah, then after that, a nice uh, three weeks off. Good for you, man. I hope you've earned it. Hope you've uh, done all right this semester. I know doing this stuff is hard. Appreciate you. Have hey, a good, thanks. Have a good week. Yeah, thanks. And to all the other fans in here, hey, how, hope you guys have a good week. Uh, however long you guys are offered, I hope it's uh, wonderful. My butt is off for the week. I gotta cover the Mavericks on Christmas. <laughs> See you later. Have a good week. All right, guys. This has been fun. Um, Short. Appreciate that. Let's talk soon, everyone. We will see you guys tomorrow night. And listen to the podcast from me and Josh. Go Mavs. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.